This episode of the Warriors Huddle is brought to you by the Athletic Club Oakland, a local sports bar we fucking love. If you listen to this podcast, you enjoy watching sports, and you already know that watching games with other fans just makes that experience better. Look, watching a Warriors game on your own is fine. It's crazy fun. I've done it for years. But watching a game in a spot that lets me scream and cheer and just generally lose my shit with other Dub Nation fans is way more fun. COVID stole that from us for a while, and the ACO is giving it back. The Athletic Club Oakland has shut down their entire side street, created an enormous outdoor space called the Town Gardens, and filled that space with tables, more than 15 huge and legitimate TVs, and their full complement of great food, service, and drinks. It's big, it's comfortable, it's a great spot to watch Steph continue to rain threes during this incredible Warriors season, the NFL playoffs, or any other sport with fans while still staying safe. I love this bar. I love their food. I love their space. I love their TVs. I even love that it's basically family-friendly. I can go here, get hammered with my friends and get too passionate, or I can roll with my wife and kid and just enjoy brunch while catching a game. The Athletic Club is now our go-to spot to watch all sports, especially the Warriors, and we hope you'll join us there. The Athletic Club Oakland, where sports fans can be sports fans again. We're going to bring you on to our huddle. You are in. Lori's huddle with me, Bram. No Marcus today. But with me for usual, my master. All well, things sound, Maxime. How's it going? Maxime, how are you, man? We're uh, on the other side of a not-so-great Game 4 experience. The Warriors are on their way back to Memphis, and I figured we should get behind the mics and uh, and discuss our watching experience and how we're doing, man. How did Game 4 go for you? <laughs> Uh, I, man, it was stressful. I don't know. This whole series has been, has been rough. I, I appreciated that the refs uh, allowed the game to get played and we didn't have a bunch of stops. And then I stopped appreciating that and said, wow, we could get some more calls. I, I had a similar experience, at least with the officiating. It was like watching a fight that the referees were just allowing the, the fighters to go, but no one was throwing any fucking punches. Like there was no need for them to ultimately officiate. Uh, yeah, I had a weird experience, man. So I went to the game. I was there last night. I went with Erica. It's my first experience at Chase Center during the playoffs. You know, we've got season tickets, but I share them with a bunch of people. And so we've kind of been waiting for it. And I mean, it was... It's a playoff game, so I enjoyed it. But man, was it a weird experience, man. Um, there was a strange vibe in the arena, even when I showed up. And I, if I'm not positive about why, I didn't get a chance to you know, interview all the people around me. But I think it was Jaws' injury and the circumstances around it that the Warriors were kind of being blamed for it. But there was like a haze in that arena before the ball was even tipped. Um, it, it felt like I had showed up with a group of people to a birthday party, but none of us were positive that this was the day that the party was going to happen. So it's like we all knew that we were there and like we wanted to participate and we're ready to get down. But even from the moment we stepped in, it kind of felt like, well, is today, is today the day? Are we allowed to celebrate today? So it was um, it was weird, man. It was a weird thing. And I lost my mind. I don't know if you can hear it in my voice. Uh, I had lost my mind booing, trying to get everybody up on their feet. Uh and I was unsuccessful in that. Dude. So, like, I mean, nothing new here as far as Chase Center. Um, what they really did was underline both the upsides and downsides that we've thrown at this crowd. You know, uh, showing up last night 
they are a reactionary crowd. We've said that a thousand times. When there's a reason to cheer, they do. In the last 45 seconds in that game, it was loud. I mean, it, it, uh, if I squinted my eyes, it felt like I was back in Oracle for that last minute. But the Warriors needed that energy for the 47 minutes before that last minute. And that's not where Chase Center signs. It just isn't. And it didn't matter how many times I like waved my arms for people to stand up or tried to make aggressive eye contact with somebody trying to get them to put on the fucking shirt. It just is what it is. It's not that kind of a crowd. That's it's tough, man. I, I was watching the game with some friends um, and uh, and they were even saying the same thing. It, it came through on the TV screen. There are these moments where it was like we were down six or down three. And it's like, man, there's just like a little bit of extra energy really could actually change the trajectory of this game. And it just wasn't happening. There was one dude standing up in the front row with a curry jersey on the whole trying time. to do the same thing as you, you know, shit, putting his arms in the air. And uh, yeah, it just it wasn't making it happen. Is it weird that I guess me and that guy had too much in common? I was annoyed by him, even though he was the only other dude standing up. But I was literally like, oh, do we all have to watch you every time? Which is what I'm sure everybody behind me thought every single time I stood up. <laughs> Erica asked me, we show up. There's like, I don't know, 10, 15 minutes before the tip. Um, and I'm standing in every this is during the warmups. Every time that Dylan Brooks gets the ball during the warmups, I'm booing lustily like it's the fucking Princess Bride. And nobody else is booing, dude. So it's only me. And Erica leans up and I would imagine she was going to ask me, uh, are you going to do this the whole game? And I say imagine because I only let her throw out like the first half of the word. And I throw out, yes, yes, I am. And you know, <laughs> thinking that that was going to be a good call. And let's just say it wasn't uh, it wasn't. I mean, I don't know. I stand by my actions, but people weren't necessarily happy. Um, I'll throw out some compliments. No Memphis fans. You know, there, there's downsides to the tax bracket that most Chase Center fan is in. And we're talking about them. There's upsides, too. They don't have to sell their fucking seats. You know, so like if if Memphis fan wanted to get in the building, it's pretty hard to break the lower bowl. I mean, I, I only saw one dude in a Morant jersey and actually security went down. Um, and was around that guy in the last minute. And I don't know why this wasn't a Raider game. You know, I don't, I don't know if it was just like prophylactic, but there's one upside and I'll throw one more, uh, one more downside. And you've already heard me kind of say it. No one will wear the shirt, man. Like I don't, I, I genuinely don't understand that. It's a free fucking shirt. The team is asking you to wear it to give them a home court advantage. It's not that hard to put it on, you know, like you can slip it over other clothing. Um, and I'd say less than, I don't know, 20, 30% of the people there were wearing the shirt. So uh, yeah, it pissed me off a little bit. Yeah, that's not great. And I, I also want to go back to your previous point about the tax bracket. You know, I think we, we shouldn't be too hard on, on Chase Center fans because as we all know, they probably lost a lot of money in the stock market yesterday. So, <laughs> you know, they had a reason to be a little bit down and, and maybe not put the shirts on. So let's get to our golden questions, man. Um, so this is our mail bag. You know, I don't have to explain it to you, but if you're new to the show, these are questions that came to us from the audience. They sometimes get personal. This one's more basketball related. And here's our first. Is there such a thing as a bad playoff win? Right. So last night was shit burger, man. It was one of the worst games I think I've ever attended. Certainly one of the worst ones I've watched in recent memory. So it didn't have that style that we wanted. You know, it wasn't, wasn't a great game to watch, but the Warriors did walk with a win. How do you answer that question? Is this a bad win or is a win is a win is a win? Look, I, I mean, I, it was, it was an awful viewing experience, right? So from, from that standpoint, I, you know, I just, I really did not enjoy it, but I would even say, this is one of the better wins that we've seen in the playoffs Why? for the very reason that, you know, good championship caliber teams know how to win 
even when they're losing. And yeah. I think that's a huge, you know, like there, I remember we've had, what was it? Like it was like 2015, maybe game three uh, uh, in the Cleveland series where we just like threw up a stinker and lost by 30 points. Right. Sure. Um, but we know how to win now. We, right. We, we know how to come out of that. We know how to win in a series and we know how to win in this game. I think it, everything was going against us. It just also so happened to be going against Memphis. I don't think either team played particularly well, but we pulled it off in the final, you know, 45 seconds, right? Steph Curry came out in the fourth quarter and dropped 18 points, had a fantastic game. That's championship material. Dude was literally smiling at the free throw line when he was winning the game. And like that level of poise um, in that environment is remarkable. And it says to me that this team really could win the whole thing. Yeah. I mean, was it a fun, um, you know, great win, like the game three win. No, fuck no, man. What it kind of felt like was um, when you park in a red space and then like run into a store, come back out and there's not a ticket on your car, (laughs) you know, like, it's not like, you're not, it's not hella fun. It's not like, Oh, like that's the experience I wanted, but you made a mistake and you got away with it. That's what last night felt like. They hung ass, dude. They, They made a lot of goddamn mistakes and then we didn't get punished for it. So there's an upside to that. In fact, I'll take what you were saying a step further. Last night's the kind of win you see during title runs, you know, when, when magic happens for no reason, man, you know, when, when they should have lost, when everything they could possibly do to lose has happened, but they still walk away with a W that's when, you know, these things collectively roll into titles, hopefully. So I think it was an important win. And I'll tell you what, it counts just the same. They need 16 good wins, you know, bad wins, boring wins, exciting wins, shitty wins. As long as it ends with the phrase win, then it counts towards 16. So, you know, is there such thing as a bad playoff win? I'm going to go ahead and say no. You know, they, 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 what they needed, that's what ultimately happened last night. So I'll take it. Yeah. And I mean, look, I, I think your, your point is that it was a black, it was a bad playoff experience for us as fans. No doubt. It was just a, an unbelievable sneaker to see. I, I think I felt like I jinxed the team. I'm really glad I didn't have to come on here and make an apology because I was here saying, I guarantee that we're not going to go seven for 24 from three again. And my God, we could not a, hit a three to save our lives this game. So there's been times in my life where I've had such failure. I'm just like, fuck it. Let the failure keep coming. Like, uh, like I'd take like a multiple chest toy or, multiple choice test and screw up on like three, four answers in a row by the fifth. I'm like, whatever D E who cares? You know, like, and I can go through a little pissy motion. I had that experience last night. Like by the time the Warriors were uh, whatever it was over 14, over 15 from three, there is a person where like I'm sitting in the stands and Kevon Looney has got it from beyond the three point uh, mark. And I'm like, fuck it, shoot it. Who cares? We might as well just be over 17. So yeah, man, it was, uh, it was frustrating is what it was. Yeah, for sure. But, you know, I think the flip side is also true. It's like it made those auto pointer junior threes all the sweeter, you know, and I think that that's like that's another reason why this is a good playoff win is that it got him some experience and some opportunity to say like, yeah, this dude is coming out of a slump and starting to hit threes like he was at the beginning of the season. That felt really good to see if this is a championship run. We'll look back on this one. We'll joke about this game. You know, you remember how bad it was in game three? And, you know, we'll, we'll also talk about the D Brooks thing. Let me ask you this and let's let's get a little. uh a little spurt of optimism here because we hadn't recorded and talked about game three. Our next question was how satisfying was the game three victory for you? Um, I'll take this one first to give you a moment. And so I, I, it was remarkably satisfying. And this, I 
by way of example, or at least to give you a little explanation here, I watched game three at the athletic club, Oakland with a lot of friends I hadn't seen for a while. And it was my birthday. So I don't have like specific logistics to it. I didn't take any notes on that game. I was hammered. You know, like the only thing I was aware of is how much I was screaming and the final score, but I can still tell you it was an insanely satisfying victory. And here's why. I think the thing that fucking is driving me crazy about Memphis, and it's been true the whole year. I forgot that it was Desmond Bain who took shots at LeBron James during the regular season, who didn't necessarily recognize, you know, LeBron's uh, greatness and kind of jumped the line. I think the thing that's been frustrating about these guys is that they're not only bucking the system and breaking the code to use Steve Kerr's language, but they're not getting punished for it. You know, they, they keep slapping bullies and then not getting in fights. They keep, you know, the, the stepping out of the normal expected actions, but then never get punished for it. Well, game three was finally the bully punching back. You know, I, I wish that every victory was like that, but it was awesome to finally see the full power of the Warriors come down and smack those fucking guys. Too. So, yeah. Was it satisfying? Hell yes, it was satisfying for me. Well, I'll uh, I'll double down. I actually didn't watch the game live. Um, I watched it the next day because I was at uh, one of my best friend's weddings. Um, and he's also a pretty big Warriors fan. And, you know, he's definitely not going to be paying attention. He's getting married to the love of his life. So he he specifically requested that. Bullshit. I not- Tell him priorities, dude. <laughs> I mean, fair enough. Um, yeah, he, his goal was to not even know what was happening so that he could wake up the next day in a hungover haze and watch the game without knowing what was going on. So I had to promise him that I wouldn't tell him the score, but that didn't keep me from checking the score quite regularly. And then ultimately, when we did win by 30 points, yelling at everybody else besides him, we won by 30 points while we're on the dance floor. And then people I didn't even know who had no idea that there was a Warriors game just screaming at them, 30 points. Uh, so that was a very, very satisfying experience for me. Let's use this as a brief judgment theater so i was just going to ask you but I'll, let me set it up and then i'll guess um let's make the question have you ever watched a game in a setting that you were not supposed to be watching a game in you know like at a wedding or you or some other shit yeah um i'll i'll guess for you first just because we've already been kind of looking at your angle i'm gonna guess no i don't think you do that i think you play it kind of cool i think you might check scores you know and i think that you could talk to other people but i don't see you actually going to like the super inappropriate ballsy move of busting out the phone or something and like watching it under the table full game. So my guess is no, you've never done that. Yeah, it, it, that's correct. Um, I have gotten remarkably close. Uh, I was actually um, uh, the same friends who we just watched game four with. Uh, I was at a, a fundraiser gala with them for, for game two. Um, and luckily we got put at a table in the back of the room explicitly so that we could put our tables up or our phones up on the table during the speeches. So there were definitely people there that I, I imagine were not super appreciative that we were doing that, but listen, like I couldn't, I couldn't miss out on the opportunity. So it's a bit of a gray area. You might say that it wasn't cheating, but it was close. Um, what I'll say was it's fancy. I wish I could use a sentence that said, yeah, I watched a game at a gala. I've never been invited <laughs> to any fucking galas. I never picked a table at a gala to allow me to watch a game. So fuck dude, nicely played. <laughs> well, if I had to guess for you, I would say 100% yes. And not only that, but you've gotten yourself into experiences where you accidentally start yelling and fist pumping and like really out yourself because you just 
couldn't handle it. I've watched it so many times, so many times in so many inappropriate <laughs> settings. I mean, like so ridiculous. Like it's almost hard for me to even give you a specific example because it's happened so frequently. So I'll just take the most recent because that's the one in my mind. A couple of weeks ago, I was in a ballet class watching my uh, seven-year-old be terrible at ballet. I mean, she enjoys it, but she's, let's just say her future is not in dancing. And you know, it is what it is, dude. All the parents are in there on their fucking phones. There's not that much to watch. And I remember that there's a game on. It's not even a Warriors game. I feel like it was like some random mess other game that I decide to watch and I'm, I'm kind of into it you know and like I'm not making any noise but I'm definitely watching and I become aware that my daughter Kylie is kind of upset that I'm not paying attention to her so I start making eye contact and then going back to my phone and then she does that shit from meet the fuckers where she points at her eyes and then points at me and it's wow. like you need to watch me dude so apparently not only have I done it but I've upset like one of the most important people in my life like there's nobody I love more than my daughter and yet and still I pissed her off. Here's our next question, man. How does Morant's injury affect this series for you? Uh, I mean, I, I'm going to steal your take a little bit, right? Like you, you said, you wanted the hardest path possible to the championship. And it's frustrating. It's frustrating to know that their best player, you know, who's dropping 45 on us, uh, was not in for this game that we barely won. You know, this is gonna, this is the type of thing that Memphis fans for eternity can say, well, yeah, but if only, you know, Jordan Poole didn't have superhuman strength and uh, <laughs> jerk on his knee or whatever they're going to try to say. Um, it's frustrating, man. It's really frustrating. And it's also just like at the end of the day, I, I, my respect for this team has waned pretty dramatically over the course of this series. Um, I went from really actually admiring jaw kind of personally feeling like he was, you know, one of my favorite players outside of uh, people on the Warriors to, to really thinking that he is a child. Um, and a lot of the behavior of him and quite frankly, Taylor Jenkins um, was coming across as uh, unsavory, as I said last time. And so regardless of all of that, that's still a player that I want to see playing basketball. It's better for the sport if people aren't injured. Um, so yeah, it's a disappointment. You know, it doesn't, it doesn't feel good to have him not out there. I hate it. I hate it. Um, and I'm not like when the Warriors played the Cavs back in 2015 and Kevin Love was hurt and everyone was hurt and, um, mm. you know, people gave the Warriors a lot of shit I, at that point. I didn't give a, if, if the Warriors beat the opposing coaching staff to win the title, I would have been fine by it. I don't care who was hurt. I didn't care what they needed to do to finally bring us home a title. I am that guy. I am totally fine with someone getting hurt and then walking away with the victory, but not this one, man, you know, mm. not this one to borrow, uh, uh, Jaws phrase when, when they're asking him, you know, do you want to avoid the smoke? He said, no, we want to go up the chimney. That's what I want this series to be. That's what I want this fucking run to be. And when they walk out of Memphis with a victory, I don't want any lingering questions about would they have beaten them, whether or not Jaw was there. So no, man, I don't like this at all. Uh, and as far as whether or not Poole intended to, to hurt him. So I've, I've, I've thought about this a lot of different ways. I've talked to doctors about it. I've read all the shit out there. I've, I've followed Twitter. And then I ran into a podcast this morning that had a take I hadn't really thought about. And I thought it was a brilliant one. Um, it was Rajah Bellows, the Ringers podcast. And, you know, he's kind of a dirty dude. I mean, he was a player who was in that same Dylan Brooks mold. And they asked him to compare Jordan Brooks or Jordan Poole and Dylan Brooks's uh, dirty plays. And what he said about Jordan Poole was like, look, if Poole wanted to hurt John Morant, you know what he wouldn't do? Reach out and wiggle his knee. You know, it's like, who what the fuck? What are you talking about? You know, like there's a, if he wants to hurt him, there's a million. He could have dove at his legs. There's a million other things that he could have done. 
So is the question, was he trying to hurt him when he, you know, when he wiggled his knee? No. Now, you know, still an open question. What was he trying to do? And I'm not sure, you know, everything looks a little bit different, slow motion. Um, Mm -hmm. But this suggestion that, you know, unless he's some high level fucking Yakuza assassin who knows pressure points, you know, like I'm fairly certain that when he wiggled that fool's kneecap, he wasn't trying to do any damage. Yeah, a hundred percent. I mean, I think that the inverse is also true, right? I think it was Richard Jefferson talking with, you know, that crew or whatever on ESPN of, of former players um, about, you know, he's like, I, when did you take your first dunk? He's like, yeah, at age 12 point being these players have spent a lot of time in the air, knowing what it feels like to not have control over their bodies and therefore knows how dangerous it is to get hit when you're in the air like that. Right. And so there is this thing where the split to second decision-making of an NBA player is um, influenced by that feeling of knowing what it's been like to be in the air since 12 years old. You know, what's like not is random grabs at the ball, right? Nobody's used to getting injured by somebody like poking at their legs. Those are huge muscles that are operating at a pretty strong pace. Dude was completely on the ground. So, you know, I, I mean, I really do feel like he's reaching for the ball. He's hoping to grab something. He does grab something. It happens to be somebody's leg. I don't know. Like you said, slow motion really changes things, but I just, I I have not come across a single explanation that even comes close to convincing me that there was anything intentional about him trying to grab on the side of his knee. Well, and you know, end game, there is a body who is designed, you know, the, the league looked at this, an objective body whose job it is to look at every single possible angle use the rules at their disposal and then decide, is it punishable? They decided, no, it's not. So, you know, there we go. Um, at least we're saying, I just read before we hopped up on here that Ja has a bone bruise in his knee mm. and is expected to miss the remainder of the playoffs, um, oh. which sucks. You know, I mean, there, there's no other way to say that. Um, I, we wish him the absolute best and the fullest of recoveries. And it, it, it puts a weird feeling on this series, man. It is what it is. Um, I'll also say my opinion on these guys has kind of shifted too. I was fucking afraid of Memphis, Maxine. We've, we've talked about this and for a lot of reasons, and the Warriors are not out of the series yet. So it's not like, you know, we can, we can turn our back on them. But one of the things I was afraid of is their kind of youthful, brash, we don't give a shit attitude. But I tell you what, last night, Taylor Jenkins, their coach, was complaining about the lighting in the arena and was suggesting that the Warriors took the air out of the ball a little bit. And he wanted the league to really look closely at the uh, the final contest from Draymond. Well, you don't get to be a young, fearless team who's coming for everybody's throats and wants all the smoke while also suggesting that the opposing team is using lighting to throw you off. Those are two completely different personalities. And if this is where they want to hedge towards the kind of Karen team that they apparently are, I I don't know, man, I'm losing a little bit of respect for them. Uh, Yeah, it is, you know, it's the childishness that comes out, right? Like Jenkins keeps on saying, you know, when he's sort of pressed on these things, I don't know. I'm just asking questions. Right. And that attitude is like, that is, that's like childish behavior. You know, it's when you're backed into a corner, you say, Oh no, that's not what I meant. That's not, you know, I didn't actually say that. I said this other thing that sounds like that. And it's like, no, that's not what, you know, uh, this, the, the machinating to say anything other than, yeah, the Warriors are the better team and we're getting spanked um, just comes across as, as poor sportsmanship. Yeah. Or, or weird whining. I don't even need them to come out and acknowledge that the Warriors are better. You know, maybe they just say that, you know, we would, they come up with some line, um, something from like Marshawn Lynch, you know, I'm, I'm just about that action. I don't know, but something that, that says, I just want to come back out and play. 
that, that they don't start this infighting bullshit with the media. You know, that that's not the that's not the grit and grind image yes. that, that they've wanted to show all of us. It is what it is. Here's our last question. And it's kind of an exciting one. Will Dylan Brooks be involved in another questionable scenario before this series is over? Uh, uh, you know, I I was surprised by how long Dylan Brooks is left in the game, considering that his was impact pleased. was for us and not for them. <laughs> uh, and, and, you know, and I think that the converse is also true. I think a lot of people were really surprised that um, Kaminga was sat so early in the game and didn't come back in, yeah. um, you know, and there were reports of, of him sort of sulking on the bench. Uh, and I almost feel like were Dylan Brooks, you know, were these teams flipped, right? And we had Dylan Brooks on our squad um, and he was sitting on the bench. He might end up uh, overreacting in a way that would cause problems, you know, but there's something about just like letting him play through this stuff. It's almost as if Memphis is already under the impression that they're not going to win it. And they're like, well, let's give our young guys some run, get them the experience they need, so on and so forth. But my God, five for 19 is an embarrassment. I guess my overall point is um, I don't think that something's going to happen again with him because I think he's, um, you know, he needs to rein it in a little bit and he has, but I think if anything, shooting five for 19 again might cause me to fly off the handle and freak out a little bit. So I don't know. I guess they could go either way. I'm going to say yes. And, and um, it's kind of a hyperbolic take, but I'll stick with yes. And it's because of Memphis's fans, not what the Warriors fans are doing and booing the shit out of them. Although the booing thing is really entertaining to me before Dylan Brooks took the floor for that last game, he was quoted as saying, I love being booed, you know, like, uh, like bring it on. And Memphis announced in the starting lineup, Dylan Brooks last. So, I mean, that I, I really felt like they were embracing, like, yeah, boo him. This guy loves being fucking booed. Then he came out there, and that first shot was the biggest goddamn airball I've ever seen in my life. So, I mean, either he uses the phrase, I like being booed in a way differently than I normally use it, or there's something going on here. But if you look at the way Memphis fans turn their back on him, you know, up until that last game, Dylan Brooks was like the most important member of the Memphis community. They're all, you know, they all, they all loved him. And of course he wasn't dirty and totally justifiable what he would did uh, with GP2. Well, then he goes out and goes five for 19 last night and his entire fan base has turned their back on him. They're, they're taking shots at the coach for leaving him in. And so if this dude plays with the kind of emotion that I think he does, and he wears that emotion on his sleeve, and now is literally being surrounded. I mean, there's nobody who's on his side. Warrior fans are booing the shit out of him. And Memphis is saying that we're right. Can I see that guy get into another heated environment of these next two games? Yes, I can. Which leads to this. Close this out in Memphis. Nothing good comes from having this thing continue uh, continuing on. I think the Warriors win this series. But with Steve Kerr with uh, having COVID illustrates that the more times these guys fly, the more times they're out and about, the more times people like Clay and Steph and Draymond might enter those fucking health protocols. You know, if Dylan Brooks is going to lose his mind, let's let's shorten this runway for him to reach that emotional place. Win this in Memphis, make them watch, you know, as we walk off the court victorious, and then let's start focusing on Dallas or Phoenix. Let's just close this thing, man. Man, yeah, I, and it would be particularly sweet to win the game in five on their home court after all of the shit that's gone down in the series. It would also be good because this has been so scrappy. I'm nervous about another Gary Payton situation. Yep. Um, you know, and that's not, it's just nobody wants to see anybody get injured right from top to bottom of the roster. So yes, I agree. Let's close it out.
You know what I want to see? Remember uh, when Memphis won a game on uh, Minnesota's home court and then they got the image of Dylan Brooks and Ja dancing as they went over the, the uh, half-court logo? What I want to see is the Warriors win in Memphis. And then you know what I want them to do? Definitely not dance and not give a fuck. Just walk out of there because, of course, they were supposed to win. And this isn't their ultimate goal. And we didn't really view these guys as a real rival. And it's not, you know, even worth our dancing celebration. We save that shit for actual titles. Yeah. The only thing more embarrassing than doing that would have been doing it in the first round (laughs) in the 2 7 series. It's just like. To be fair, the only thing more embarrassing than that would be winning a playing game and then jumping up on the scores table and ripping off your jersey and throwing it in. But, you know, these, you know, potato, potato, man, these are all similar deals here. Ugh. Oh, man. It's just more and more reminders of why uh, I, I shouldn't have been as worried about Memphis as I was. Yeah. Well, we say that, you know, careful. Um, there's oh. I, I've, I've gone out of my way to not use the phrase C or three one just because I hate it now. And it's, it's like a weird thing here in Warriors world. Um, I noticed that. Yeah. You even said the next two games is, you know, like it, it, <laughs> we're it, trying to reverse jinx ourselves as much as possible. I can't do it. Close us out with the prediction on Wednesday. The Warriors will. Uh, I, I predict that they will not. I, I think it's going to go six. I do not think that they will win this game on Wednesday. Yeah, I think it's going to be a fucking madhouse. Um, I think that the first five minutes of that Memphis game is going to be really important. The Warriors have not had a hot start yet. And not just this series yet in, in any of this, even game three, I think they were down 10 before the fireworks started. So the thing I'm looking for, if they can finally come out hot and mm. give Memphis a case of lemon booty, you know, then I think we're, we're looking okay. I, th- I think that that team will panic. Um, but if they, if they follow the same kind of approach that they have every other game in this series and let that Memphis building get cooking, because that's a great crowd, man. I mean, you know, what else can we say? Then I also think they're coming home. So I'll be optimistic. My guess is the Warriors bring it back. Um, and we're looking by the next time we record at the Western Conference Finals. But uh, I guess we'll find out, man. Yeah, listen, I uh, my hope. Hart wants to say that we win it in five, quite obviously, um, for all the reasons we just discussed. So here we go. Let's go hot start. Um, I love it. Yeah, but it's also, you know, it's like whenever Steph has a milestone that he's trying to cross, um, he tends to play poorly because I think he gets in his head about it, right? And he just crossed 500 threes to the playoffs. So that one's behind him. You know, he got it in real ugly fashion, and now he doesn't have to think about it anymore. So here we go, Steph. And we also have to acknowledge, I should have said that up front, you know, Steph was the diamond in the ashtray that was that fucking game. You know, and that's that's what it means to be a title level championship level superstar is to come in when everyone is playing terribly, when the Grizzlies have just extended the lead going into the fourth, I think, to seven to look around and realize no one else is going to do it. All right. I will. And then capably doing that while smiling. You know, that's that's who the hell he is. And that's why we are lucky to have him in a Golden State uniform. Um, if you'd like to get us any, uh, golden questions, you'd like to let us know that we did a good job, a bad job, want to do anything. You can shoot us an email to huddle at warriorshuddle.com. And if you want to follow us on social media, hop up on our Twitter account, which is at warriors huddle. It's actually, it's been kind of fun recently. We've been taking a lot of shots on there, a lot of shit talking, been engaging, uh, some fans. So if you want to join us there, that's where you go with that in mind, go warriors. Hopefully see you next week.
Good, good. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code CHAMPION and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Remember to use code CHAMPION and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet, place your money line, prop, or parlay bets with the king of sportsbooks today. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotion, promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C.